0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
2: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Brian, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. How about you, Greg?
1: I'm doing fine, man. You know, I'm still trying to recover from yesterday.
2: Oh, man, we had an awesome time. Awesome time.
1: Yeah, it was. i tell you what. It was uh, a mighty move of God going on up in that church. We, we spoke, Brian and I both spoke at church. It's a uh, true fellowship holiness church. And it, what it was, it was a scholarship program. And Brian, they gave out so much money.
2: Yes, sir. I them. mean, it was just like, wow, I want to go to this church
1: <laughs> and go to
2: class and do, you know, get good grades.
1: Well, and the kids did. were
2: really appreciative.
1: Yeah, you know what? They even had older. Some, some some adult maybe in their late forties or fifties or whatever in college and they were giving them scholarships to pay for their books and just, just they were giving they were rewarding the kids for doing good in school and they were giving them money. They were also telling them, you know, that you could do this and you can do that. And I was a keynote speaker and Brian introduced me and Brian spoke as well. But it was just it was just so awesome. Brian, what did you take from yesterday?
2: Oh, I, I you know I, I took so much from yesterday, but one of the things that that just seemed to just show itself throughout the whole experience was that you have to trust God.
1: And you know what? Yes, that was the most important. That's what I kept hearing yesterday. Uh, two ladies stood up and gave testimonies, and both of them talked about trust. And I think the most important thing that we walked away from that knowing yesterday is that we have to have a true fellowship with God. And if we don't have that true fellowship with God, we can't break the strongholds of this world. Do you agree?
2: I I totally agree. And tonight's show is uh, entitled Breaking Strongholds. And we're going to have a guest author, Tamar Joseph, on in a little while.
1: Best-selling author.
2: Best-selling author. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And uh, she's going to give you, you know some insight on you know what her book is about as well as give you her testimony and so I think it'll be a great show tonight and everybody that's listening if you want to call into the show the call number is 7185089600 9600 that's 508
1: 9600 And you know what Brian I think one of the things that that, that I was so impressed with with I call it Fmar but it's Tamar but there's a joke between her and I I call her Tamar and she laughs every time I call her that so uh, I'm kind of stuck with calling her that but she did send me an email correcting me today so I I don't bother (laughs) her about that I won't tease her about that too much (laughs) but you know what she's in her book The Ultimate Choice. That is a book that is so open And the things that are discussed in this book Are the things that are running rampant in the church It's running rampant in the schools And it needs to be addressed No one wants to discuss this in the church Why do you think that is, Brian? You know, wow I don't know
2: I, I think it may be it may be a twofold reason. I think one of the reasons is that, you know, the church doesn't want to have to. I don't think the church wants to, wants to take on the task of taking on sin directly. I really believe it's sort of like they want to kind of make everybody feel good and happy and, you know, you promise this and you promise that and everything's good. But, you know, they don't really focus enough on the pain and the suffering that, that we endure. And the sin that we endure, it's almost like they're saying, just pray about it and everything will be all right.
1: Yes. And you know what? So many people, so many of our youth are confused right now. And the things that we're going to discuss tonight, it is, you know, there are strongholds. And I mean, when I say strongholds, I mean strongholds. It is serious. And, you know, Brian, I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. Let's just bring our special guest on. And her name is Tamar Joseph. Tomorrow, are you there?
0: Yes I am. Are you doing
1: tomorrow?
0: <laughs> I am doing great.
1: Did I do a good job with your name?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes you did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a very great job. <laughs>
1: good, good. See, Brian, every time I say her name she laughs, so I don't know if I'm saying it wrong, I don't know what it is, I don't know if I'm a remind, you know, if it's you know, she's remembering it puts in a remember of something else out there that she says, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, you
0: said it well. Okay. It's just me. <laughs> so, how are you tonight? Um, a little tired. You know, I just came from camp, but overall, I'm just feeling blessed and highly favored.
1: Yes, yes, and you are. You are blessed and highly favored. You know what? Your book is is awesome. I read the one of the chapters in the book, and I'm telling you, I um, I just applaud you for being open being transparent, being willing,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: especially for you being so young. How old are you?
0: I'm 20. Wow.
1: 20 years old, and the things that you've gone through in your life. You know, yesterday, Brian and I, we spoke at a church, I, th- I think you were listening a few minutes ago, and two of the ladies stood up in church and they gave their testimonies. Now, a lot of people are kind of shameful of the things that they've gone through in their lives. And, and in my speech yesterday, I I, I said that, we can't be shameful for the things that we've gone through because the things that we go through are not about us. Mm-hmm. They are there with the things. The reason we go through a lot of things that we do is not for us. It's for somebody else. Now, from all the things that you've gone through in your life, you are not qualified to help others that are where you were. So I applaud you for that. You know, that that is so awesome. What made you write the book, The Ultimate Choice?
0: Well, um. Back in the days when I was suffering from homosexuality, I mean, not suffering, <laughs> I was dealing with homosexuality. I remember telling God, you know, if when you deliver me from it, the same way that I'm just like, I just didn't care who found out about it, I was flaunting it, you know. Yeah. I was like, hey, I'm gay, you know, I'm here, you just accept it and all these things. And I was I remember saying, God, if you deliver me from it the same way I will be reaching out to other people. And um, you know, and a lot of things happened when I was growing up and so many times I feel so ashamed, you know. It's it's the thing is that, um, when someone goes through something, they just don't wanna put themselves out there and Telling other people this is what I've been through, you know, and I've been through a lot, and God allowed me to go through with them, I mean to come out and I always say, if God allowed me to come out of it, it's because of a purpose, you know, yeah. instead of sitting there feeling sorry feeling shame because this this is the same shame that made me suffer from depression, I was taking pill, I was suicidal and i was I was going through a lot of things. So it was because of of hiding away, of being too ashamed of saying, you know, this is what happened. But now I'm like, hey, you know, I can shout it from the rooftop. You know, if you want to criticize me, you can go on and criticize me, because I have something that you can never take away from me. I have peace of mind, and I have the forgiveness of my sins. And what um what you just said, Greg, you said um something about my age and, one thing I always say, don't just say, "Okay, you know you're just twenty, and because the devil do not discriminate, you know he started to he started at a very, very early point trying to try um trying to mess up my life, you know, but it's by the grace of God, and it's because my mother has been very, very prayerful, you know, and because I grew up in the church, and I knew from a very early point this is what God wants, and this is what he doesn't want, so you know I'm still trying to. Do his will and all these things. Good,
1: good, okay. awesome.
0: Tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. Tell
2: me, when did you first know? Now, uh, when did you first have those feelings uh, toward like other women? Can you can you kind of give us an idea of like when okay. you were younger?
0: You I know. was looking back. I mean, from the thing from from a lot of things that I used to do. Or well, a lot of ways I used to think, you know, I could say it, it was from a very early point. It was when I was like, let's say, around 10, 11 years old, you know. But back, I'm from Haiti and different, being different from here, in Haiti we don't talk about homosexuality. Right. It's like, it's a forbidden thing. If your parent knows someone is gay, you know, you're not allowed to talk to that person. You're not even allowed to go near that person. So it's not something like here you see it on TV. It's like, it's just, you know, it's nothing here. But, you know, back in Haiti, it's a very strict and homophobic country. So, but I really knew what it was when I was 16. You know, I think a week after my 16th birthday, and then there I was in a church, and then I just saw that girl, and I just went, wow, you know. And it was just very confusing. I mean, it's not like it was something new to me, you know, because I knew those feelings existed but you know, it was the fact that I actually knew what to call it, you know. So it was it was then.
1: Why why is it to me why is it such a bad thing not to discuss it in in Haiti? You know what we don't discuss it here. <laughs> you know, really, we, we really don't discuss it here. In in our churches, I mean, we'll discuss it everywhere else, but we will not discuss that in the church.
0: Well, I guess a lot of times it has to do with comfort zone because I volunteered in my church to talk about sexual sin. And, you know, they denied my request. I don't know why, but it's like a lot of times whenever it comes to sexual thing, it's the same thing as tithing and offerings they don't want to talk about a lot of these things. You know, it's just, it's there, but nobody wants to talk about it because it's like, if I talk about it, you know, someone is coming out, like, being transparent. They don't want people to know things. And, you know, it's like, even if you start talking about it, nobody's going to say anything because they don't want it. They don't want sister this, sister that, brother this, brother that, to know what they've been doing. Right. You know? So, yeah you know I tomorrow think...
2: makes me think about like in other religions like in um like in Muslim countries they have uh forgot what they call it but um they have a, oh Sharia law is what they call it, and it's like certain things you're not supposed to do and and I know in those countries they would say that you couldn't like have sex with the opposite sex unless it was a certain time of the day, if you did it during a certain time of the day, it was punishable by death. Mm-hmm. And you know, thousands of years later, people are still risking their lives, you know, over sex. So the sex is not something that's going to actually go away. And mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. what's so what's so you know crazy about the church is that in the Bible it talks about sex and its proper context, and you know, it has the penalty for the sex that you're not supposed to have versus you know the sex that you are that you are mm-hmm. supposed to engage in. And so. It just baffles me why they won't talk about, and, you know, when when you talk about the Bible, you're supposed to cover the whole Bible. You know, you can't just pick and choose which part of God's Word you're going to talk about and, you know, which one you're going to teach. You Mm -hmm, know, it's mm -hmm. to teach all of the Word. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it just kind of, you know, when you say that your church uh, refused you, you know, I'm not too uh, far removed from that myself where, I go out and I talk about HIV and AIDS prevention,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: in order to talk about HIV and AIDS prevention, you have to talk about sex,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you know some of the f- most common questions and answers or, or comments and stuff that I get, if they do let me in, most churches won't even want don't even want me to come in and talk about it.
0: Exactly.
2: You know, but the ones that do let me in, the first question they ask, and it's usually an adult, and I'm thinking, okay, adult, read, you should know this answer. They say. I thought that was a gay people
0: disease. That's exactly what I always say. It's not about it's not about who you are, it's about what you do, you know. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that you can just be with one person because a lot of times that's exactly why I wanted to talk about it because something happened to me <clears throat> like um about 2 years ago and then I wanted to talk about that, you know, because a lot of times As young people, we tend to say, okay, you know, I'm just with one person. Nothing is going to happen. But you don't know how many people that just one person is with. And then you're putting yourself in that position where you can get any STDs, HIV, and all these things. Which is
1: so sad. You know, I think sex is such a powerful, powerful stronghold. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sex is not just a physical thing. It's more mm-hmm. so mental. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, is, it is soul ties locked together, you know, and they're so hard to break. You know, you, you, you talk with guys, who you, you ask a guy or a woman, do you have, are you sexually, you know, are you addicted to sex? They'll tell you no, they'll look at you like, are you crazy? But look <laughs> at the positions you're putting yourself in. A lot of times a lot of people will do it on the job, go to another man's house and have sex in his house you're putting your life at jeopardy because if that man comes home somebody's going to get hurt or somebody's going to die mhm why would you put yourself in that position if it wasn't the stronghold wasn't so powerful and we make these decisions and we're not really thinking that you know i I'm climbing through this girl's window if her father's home <laughs> he can kill you you hear those kind of things. He will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> really. And you hear guys talk about getting up late at night, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, driving across town, the dangerous parts of town, to, to, to participate in a physical act. And it's, so, and it's so dangerous. But we don't look at it as if it's a real problem. So, Tamir, you know, when you were struggling with this, I don't know if you're still struggling with it or not, but when you struggled with this, What are some of the strongholds of it that that just pulled you and just made you uh, do things, act out of character that you normally wouldn't do?
0: It's, It's just that simple few minutes of pleasure. Even if afterward you just go crazy like, okay, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that. But that simple moment of pleasure, this is what keeps you know, making you go back and go back. It's just like drugs, you know. Like when you get high, you know, everything is perfect. But when, as soon as the high is over, you know, that's when you finally realize what kind of mess you are in. So it's just the same thing. Well, let me ask you this. You know, you hear about the Downlow brothers, right? Uh-huh.
1: What's wrong with the download sisters? You have a lot of women that are married that mm-hmm. are participating in the Acts with other women and nobody knows about it. It's, you know, we we see it all the time that the men are the ones that are out there doing it, and it's so sickening. You know, that's what the world says. It's such a sickening thing to see just men do it, and you never hear anything about the download women.
0: You know, <laughs> um, I went um, I went to my old school last year, and we were talking about that. But for some strange reason, it's like a big turn on when you see two females. But even even as we were all, I mean, they were all gays and lesbian, and everybody was like, "Okay, you know what? I don't want to see you two guys doing this and that." So I think that's that's the reason. It's like you know, it's a lot of people think it's just such a hot thing, you know, for the girls to do it, but not not the men. So. Wow. Mm. You know, did you have
1: friends that that were probably gay that never openly
0: talked to you about it, that you just never knew that they were that way? Okay. I had a friend, a guy friend. I knew he was gay, you know. I knew it, but and I just kept asking him. I just kept asking him, are you gay? He just kept telling me, no, I'm not gay, no, I'm not gay. And then um, when... My ex girlfriend, I was living with her at the time, and then she went through my things and she saw something that I would and then she told him, "This is what I would because I was it was um, around the same time I was I was trying to put my life back on the tracks, you know, trying to please God and things like this. He just went crazy and said, "Oh, you can't be denying who you are," you know. That's when I finally realized that I was like his gay mascot, you know. I was like his shelter. So it was on. It was after I moved here, that's when he finally came out. But all of us knew that he was gay. And a lot of people, and I knew a lot of people, that, you know, they just want to just have the sex and all these things, but they do not want anybody else to know that they are like this.
2: Mm. So in essence, it was like a down-low syndrome with him as well, because he wouldn't openly talk about it. But mm-hmm. then when he felt like you know you were going to dismantle the relationship that you and he had mm-hmm. you know platonic relationship but still it was a, a it was a bond that he had formed with you because you know he knew that you were like that but he would never actually come out
0: exactly
2: yeah see and and you know we we see that a lot because like in in the uh, industry that I deal in with HIV prevention you do have a lot of them that will not do not want their orientation known. You know, I mean, they'll, you know, when you're doing a survey, the survey says, um, what's your sexual orientation? You know, are you straight? Are you gay? Whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they'll say, I'm straight. And But mm-hmm. then if you go down, it says, have you ever had sex with a man? No. Mm-hmm. Have you ever se- had sex with a woman? Yes. You know, if they're man, they'll say that they never had sex with a man. And then it says, have you had sex with uh the opposite sex in the last nine months? So the the questions are kinda of redundant. But then as you go down they'll answer and say, Oh yeah, well I did that, but I'm not gay. Exactly. You know, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, uh but you just said you had sex with a male and you just but you listed that you weren't gay. You know, because they don't believe well they it's not that they don't they don't believe that, they just don't want to accept that particular stigma because mm-hmm in accepting that stigma they sort of get labeled and once you're labeled you know and and i think it's more so in the african-american community now you have some that will come out and they'll they'll be what i call like the flaming homosexual they come out and they just they they want to look like a woman they sound like a woman they talk like a woman they act like a woman and you'll know right away okay that that person's homosexual and then you have the other side where these are big burly men and, you know, football players and basketball players and wrestlers and everything else. But behind closed doors, you know, they don't want a woman. They want a man. But they don't want nobody to know that.
1: Hmm. Hmm, hmm,
2: mm. You know, and so, I mean, and, and in doing, you know, in talking with groups, you know, I mean, I, I can remember when I talked with, uh, Local chapter of the. Let me make sure I say this right. It's the lesbian, gay, bisexual, it, transsexual, LGBT.
0: GLBT. I,
2: yeah, GLBT. Gay,
0: gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, transgender
2: group. Over at uh, one of the universities here in town, I can remember talking with their group, and they were happy for us to come in and do the testing and everything else, and everybody was open and talking about it, and you know when they realized that I was that I was a straight man, everybody was surprised. They were like, wait a minute, you're not judging us. You're not, you know, you're actually here helping us, and you're not like us. And I was like, what do you mean, like you, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, to be honest, I used to have that phobia where I was like, I ain't messing with no, you know,
1: uh-huh, whatever, uh-huh. you
2: know. And it just, and it dawned on me that, you know, if I have the love of Christ, how can I how can I put them on a, on a different judgment, you know, the only thing that you, that, you know, the only unpardonable sin is when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So I have to accept them as the the person, but not the act.
0: Exactly. But a lot of people just go around and say, you know what, I hate this. And the funny thing is that, what, that just pissed me off. It's a lot of times when church people go around holding things up saying, God hates homosexuals, God this, God that, you're going to hell, you're going this. You know, it's like, how do we expect a homosexual to come to God if you're telling them that God hates them? You know, because if I knew you hate me, I don't care. You could have been dying right now. I would just look, look at you and look the other way. You know, so if you're telling me that God hates me, you know, you're not making it. You're not making it possible for me to come to God, and God doesn't hate homo, any homosexuals. You know, He loves us. You know, He just hates the sin.
1: Yes, yes, that's true. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you have any questions for our guest, best-selling author Tamara Joseph, please call in at seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. That's seven one eight. 5089600 Tomorrow I have a question for you and mm-hmm. I know it's one that everybody wants to know Can a person be born gay? Well,
0: um I don't think it's so, I don't think it's something that you just wake up one morning and say, "Oh, yeah, I'm gay." You know? Mm-hmm. Something from before you were born, or, I mean, not before, but something from the from the time you were growing up had been instilled in you somehow, you know, and then you, 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 you've been growing up thinking, okay, this is not who I am and all these things. But as far as being born gay, I don't really know about it, but I just don't, I just know that people don't just wake up one morning and say, I'm gay, you know, and a lot of times people ask, do you choose to be gay? No, people don't choose to be gay. But I know that I don't know about being born gay, but I know that you just don't wake up one day and say, "You know, I'm gay." Well, what
1: about what about a man? You know, we're we're born with the seed. Mhm. We can't impregnate another man.
0: You know, it's. It's complicated, you <laughs> know, it's like yeah. some people choose, I mean, some people are still in um, heterosexual relationships and they don't want any kids, you know. And what makes it harder is the fact that you're loving this person, you don't see anything wrong with it, you know, and then but the Bible telling you this and society telling you that, so it's just the hardest thing.
1: You
2: know, it... Um and and I agree with you. It is tough. I mean, I I have actually family members that that struggle with it. I've had I've actually had one family member who who has said that he's been delivered from it. And so that's why that was kind of like the premise of why I wanted to talk about it. You know, because he wasn't delivered from it because of you know anything that he did in particular. You know, and he always when I talked to him, he said, you know, I was delivered from it because of you know. When I was committing that sin, you know, when he was committing a sin, he contracted HIV. Wow. And he felt like uh, contracting that HIV was the penalty for his sin. And, you know, as he talks about it, because he's very open about the fact that he's positive, and he's very open about the fact that, you know, what he used to do is what he used to do. And he said it to me, and that's why I was like, well, wow, I want to ask other people who struggle with it. He said, it's a choice. He said, just like you choose to get up in the morning, you know, you choose to go where you want to go, you can choose what you want to do. He said, it's your choice. He said, God gives you free will. He gives you that free will choice.
0: Okay. And so I me, wanted
2: to hear it from somebody else to say,
0: Let you know, me Let me clarify this. You get the desire to do it. You get the desire. But the choice The choice doesn't come by you getting up one morning and say, oh, today's a beautiful day. Okay. I'm going to be gay, or I've been in a um heterosexual relationship, I'm going to be gay. The choice comes exactly when you're in the position where you're having these feelings, you're having these desires, and then you have to either deny who you think you are or um, to accept it. And when you're in that position, when you're in that situation, the um The easiest thing for you to do is to just accept whatever is going on in your life, because the harder you fight it, the harder you keep on denying it, the harder things will be for you. So instead of keep denying things, you just accept it, and then because every like we always say, if you if you stay in denial, you will never make the first step um toward recovery. So if you, can, if you can say, okay, you know what, I think this is what's going on in my life. Okay, I'm going to accept it, but God, please change it. You know, you can, you can, you can accept it as your way of life. You know, just ex- accept what's going on in your life and then just ask God to change it. Because once you acknowledge it, you can, you can try to move and you can try to pray about it and all of these things.
2: Okay. Now, with that being said, um, would that same thing hold true for someone who is maybe like a thief or a murderer and and you know I'm not saying that you know that that it's the same type of thing but I'm just going on the premise that sin is sin and so if i let's let's just make the assumption that okay i'm a thief
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i had these tendencies of wanting to steal stuff i wanted to have stuff and not pay for it you know, mm-hmm. the norm says you have to pay for it, but mm-hmm. I feel like I should just take it because mm-hmm. that's the feeling that I have right now,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and that's not the feeling that everybody else is telling me I should have. They're saying, no, you should pay for everything you you, you want because it says thou shall not steal. Mm-hmm. And so should I go against what what the norm says and just do what I feel, because I feel like it's the right thing to do, even though I know, based on what I've been taught, that it's not the right thing to do?
0: Okay, I think stealing and murdering people is quite different from loving someone else. You know, yes, it's 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 bad, yes, it's a sin, but it's a very different thing. And as I said, that's what makes it harder, because how can loving someone be a sin? How can Loving someone be such a bad thing, and as a lot of people, I mean, explain it. How can it be so disgusting? So when you are when you when you killing other people, you're actually hurting them. But loving someone, you know, it's quite different from it. So I don't like when people try to mix these two or compare these two together because they just don't go at all. You know, yes, sins are sins. No matter what they are, they are all disgusting. You know, they all smell bad in the nostril of God. But you know, as you know, b- um, between loving and hating or hurting other people, you know, it's it's a very different thing. You, you know, I, I want to ask this question,
1: and I don't know the well. I, I I guess I know pretty much when you have a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. That's not in love And the only thing that they do Is they just have sex with each other all the time There's no love there Mm -hmm. At some point don't you think That turns into a stronghold You know And I say that to say this You can have a person Mm -hmm. That's bisexual That's supposed to love This other person That's stringing this person along But on the other hand If they truly love that person Would they would they do the things uh, that they're doing? Do you think it's love for a person to have, let's say, a man to have a female, and they're stringing this person along? But and behind closed doors, he's sleeping with another man.
0: Okay, you're still talking about the down low, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about uh, sex and love. There's a there's a difference mm-hmm. in today's society. Mm-hmm. You can have sex without love. Exactly. So you know, it's it kind of it is a very very complicated um, issue. It, it's it, I think it's one that I don't think you can straddle the fence with this thing. It's serious. It's either you
0: are or you not. Exactly, but some I mean a lot of people they just all for the sex and it's not about loving or anything. That they are just all for the sex. And I think being married like the down low people, I think that's a way of covering, of going along with what society thinks, you know, because nobody wants to be judged. Nobody want to go down the street and people pointing at them saying, okay, you know what, he's gay and she's a lesbian or anything like this. So to make it seem normal, to make it seem perfect, they're married to someone, and yet they've been unfaithful, you know, it's just dishonest. They they not they they not honest with themselves and the other the other person. You know, so I think you know if you are in that position, you need to get your priorities straight. You know whether whether you it's it, it's either or it's not like you know you can play you can play both fields, you know okay, yeah, some people are bisexual, but I think that's a whole different thing, yes. but you know being married to someone it's like you're covering the fact that you are homosexual,
1: yes, tomorrow we have a caller from the four seven eight area code caller. Are you there? yes, hi,
3: hi um I was watching a show the other night, and it was a four year old um the parents were saying that he was battling with feeling like he was a little girl trapped in a boy's body. He was four, and so when he turned, I think about seven, they allowed him to, you know, go to school and dress like a little girl. And I think it, um, battling with the spirit of um, homosexuality, I think it's just at a stronghold. I, I believe that. The word says that God made us in His own image, so I don't think it's something that you were born with, or and I really feel strongly like it's a choice because the enemy doesn't care about you being four or you being sixteen, or it don't it don't discriminate who he comes to and who he tempts. And I do I do feel like you know the Bible said if we resisted the devil, he shall flee from you. And the four year old did not know how to resist the devil. But his parents fed into that spirit and fed into that stronghold until that's what that child went with. So that's why the Bible said, train up our children in the way they should go. And if these exactly go up, are
0: not what they are.
3: Spirits are real. I mean, we're tempted on every hand. I mean, if we be honest, we've, we've been all tempted at some point or another, but did not give in to those. I know it has been times I felt like just killing somebody, but you do not give in to that strong sense and that strong sense of stronghold. And I have a cousin that, you know, he, he's he's gay, but I can remember growing up when his sisters, you know, used to fix him up in makeup and fix him up in girl clothes and I, I believe when you expose, allow yourself to be exposed to certain um, things and to certain spirits, I believe they can um, attempt, attempt to just latch hold to you. But if you don't understand what is going on, you will feel like, well, I was born that way. But if you're not understanding from a spiritual standpoint what is going on, I mean, what will have you feeling like, well, maybe I was born this way. When in all actuality, it is a stronghold because God made us in his own image. If 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 he did not make us in his own image, which is perfect, which is to be glorified, I mean, God don't. I just feel like God don't make any mistakes. He wouldn't have someone so confused as whether I feel like a, a man trapped in a woman's body. So I feel like, and this is my personal opinion, that that they are just that strongholds and you've you've got to only you've got to fight it in prayer and in the Word of God and try not to give into it, it, but for those that are listening and don't understand from a spiritual point point of view i'm I'm letting you know tonight that you must fight the stronghold in the spirit and know what God's words say, and know that God yet loves you, but yes, he does hate the sin, and I don't believe that anyone was born that way. That's my personal peace,
1: thank you, Carla. Tamar, do you, you, you want to respond? I have another question. Okay.
0: Um, um, I, I, I agree with what she said. And um. as far, because I, I was asked that question once, and then this girl was telling me that she was around people, a lot of people, you know, she, she was having this homosexual urges, and I was telling her, you know, pray and pray hard. I know that at one point you will feel like God is not even listening, because at one point I did feel this way, because I, got, I, I made it a point where I talk to God, I, I talk to God like he's standing right beside me, you know, and sometimes I just talk and talk to him like, you know, oh God, I can't deal with that, I can't do this, I can't do that, you know, I know it's against you, please take it away from me and all this. And then you know sometimes you feel like God is not even listening to you, and I and I'm sure that every Christian at one point felt the same way. And I was telling her, you know, do not give in because once you give in, you know, it is a stronghold, and once you give in, it says um, that no. No temptation has seized us upon what it's coming to men, but God loves us so much that he will not give us more we can bear. And, you know, a stronghold is where, you know, God, I mean, the devil will not, will never put on your mind to do something that you don't like to do. And once you try something and you like it, the devil will keep on reminding you, listen, Listen, this is it. You know, you liked it. You know, it was it was um, pleasurable. You know, go back and do the same thing again and again and again and again. So it's like even when you and that's that's where the depression comes. That's where the shame comes. That's where the remorse comes because you just keep on going back and doing your your flesh and mind. I mean, your flesh and your flesh is telling you this, and your spirit is telling you something else.
1: That's that's, that's so true. Tomorrow we have one more caller from the 703 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I guess not. But Tamir, you know, we have so many people that are struggling with this. You know, we have children. We have – and, I mean, you see it now. It's so much in the open now. Everything is just so wide open. There's television shows out there. There's (laughs) – cartoons uh, being shown to kids. And, you know, how can a child process something like this?
0: Um, I think the parents also have to watch the shows that their kids watch. And as um, the caller just said, and I've heard this message several times in my church, and it's in Proverbs, for parents to raise their children according to the Lord. And even when they go even if they depart from it, they will come back to it. And I remember being in the church, you know, and then I was dealing with a lot of things. But be, be, because I was born in the church, because you know, from from a very point of early point of life, something was instilled in me. You know, I knew of God and I knew about God. So this, you know, this was um, one of the ways that I was able to fight it. So I know that we can never because if you're trying to Keep your children away from all the, these things, I think you might actually lock them in the woman ne never let them out you know like um you 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 watch it. even cartoons you're watching it's just filthy and disgusting, you know, and if the child going to school and even in the church sometimes you see you see devils <laughs> devil possessed little kids doing saying things you know. People, um, the child going on the buses and all these things. So you need to tell your children, you know, from a very early point, teach them about God, teach them about the will of God. This is the only way they can fight anything that can come their way. Yes, yes, I agree,
2: I agree. So, um, Tamar, mm-hmm. tell us now, how do you feel, what do you feel your orientation is right now?
0: Okay. Um. <laughs>
2: that was my that was my question.
0: I was asking. <laughs> okay. My my ex. Um. I was talking to my ex the other day, and she said to me, "I think you're confused because everybody who knew me, even back in high school. I mean, I was the one, you know, very bold lesbian. You know, I had rainbow flag. I had jewelry. I had T-shirts. You know, it's like even even my school assignment. It was just the same thing, and she was telling me, I think you're confused, and I was, I remember telling her, you know, when you're in love, you make sacrifices, and one thing is that I'm head over heels in love with Jesus, so he made the biggest sacrifice when he came and he died for my sin on the cross, so as far as my um, sexual orientation, I would say it straight. You know, I know it will take time, and I know temptation will always come my way, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
2: Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, and and, and the reason I asked that question is because I know that's what everybody wanted to to know. Okay, is she still gay? Is she straight? And how, you know, because the question that I was going to ask you, you know, based on your answer is why do you think you are who you are now? But you already you know,
0: answered that. <laughs> I've I've been born in Christ, you know, born again. You know, my old self is gone away. You know, mm. my old self is, and you know a lot, Like I just I met. I mean, I received an email today on my um, um my Facebook um profile, and then the boy was telling me, I think you're just denying who you are. And I I remember telling him, you know this is, i mean being a homosexual is the devil telling you you should rebel against god you know it's not who you are you know yes i be, i know because i've been down this path and i remember watching tbn back you know back in um over the years and i remember every time i'm seeing someone telling me oh you know i've been delivered from this i've been delivered from that i'm like oh, you were never gay you know how can you be delivered from this and that but you know now i'm experienced this it's it's just a whole different thing, you know. Been li, been been um listening to something, being heard of something and an experience it is two different things.
1: Yes, that's so true. And you know what? I, I hear all the time, I hear people say this all the time that and, and I don't agree with them. They they say, you know, Satan is, is, is moving more powerful than ever. He's attacking our children, he's doing this, he's no, it's not. It's not that Satan is more powerful than ever. It's not that Satan is attacking more than ever. It's us. We're not teaching like we used to teach. Mm-hmm. Back in the old days, we, had, we, we were in Sunday school. You know, we knew what was going on. We knew how the enemy would attack us. Because, we, you know, as children, we prayed together. Families were much closer then. Now everything is just spread wide open. Everything is just spread open, and the kids are seeing things, but they're not taught on how to deal with what they see. So they pretty much mimic a lot of the things that they see. You know, you have the rappers on television, and you have the women rappers that are that gay or whatever, and, and it's out there. The shows are out there, and the parents are working two and three jobs. They're not home. So it's not so much that Satan is moving more than ever.
0: We're just letting our guards down.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We just—it's like you know—it's like TVs, even commercial. I was watching that um, um, toothpaste commercial. I was just watching TV, and all of a sudden, that I saw that. You know, kids. It was just intense and passionate. And I was watching. I'm like, okay, what am I watching? I'm like, okay, it's a weird way for a movie to start. And then at the end, I realized that it was a toothpaste commercial. So TVs, commer—I mean, TVs, radios, and all these things are just out there. And then as Christians, we just don't want to talk about it. So if if all these things are teaching our kids, this is what, you know, this is this, this is that, and you're not willing to talk about it, who are they going to talk to? Who are they going to turn to? You know, they actually going to the thing that's, you know, allowing them to talk about it. Yes, mm. mm-hmm.
2: yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, when, you, when uh, Greg was talking about, like, TV shows and everything, I thought about the commercial that they had for um, the Super Bowl. With the two guys that were in the um, garage, and they had a Snicker bar, and they were both eating on uh, eating the Snicker bar together, so to speak, and they got all the way to the end and happened to kiss. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't believe they're showing that on TV, you know. But it's it's now that this um, this world has become so sort of desensitized to sin that. You know, you can do just about anything.
0: hmm.
2: You know, before if you saw somebody that had, you know, tattoos up and down their arm, you're saying, Oh my God, they got all these tattoos, you know, that's some, you know, that's not right. But now you got church people
0: who take their kids to go get
2: tattoos.
0: Exactly.
2: You know, I can remember when I got my tattoo, my mom was about to kill me. And I didn't know it was wrong and <laughs> she didn't tell me until I got it. You know, and I was like, well, You should have told me I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> you know and like even now my kids ask me about my tattoo I have one and I tell them well baby I wasn't supposed to get this and then I go and show them in the bible where it says you shouldn't you know no cutting in your flesh and and so they I mean my kids they're pretty they're pretty swift they ask another question well what about when you go to the doctor and they have to cut on you I say well that's <laughs> different they're operating on you that's a little different you know they're
0: making you better,
2: better. right and so, you know, the thing is, I think the underlying point is you have to teach these kids because kids are smarter than ever now. You mm-hmm. got ten-year-olds that know how to, you know, run a computer better than a grown person.
0: Exactly. You know?
2: And, you know, the task that would take us weeks would take them a few minutes now. You know, I mean, kids are in third grade doing logarithms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so they're, you know, as as their education levels are rising and rising, and their skills sets are improving so much we can't keep giving them you know the simple answers because they can break those simple answers down and say wait a minute you mean to tell me this is this but I saw you doing that and that ain't this you know what I mean
0: Mhm.
2: you know and so what would be your what would be your um, what would be your thought process in there how would you go out how would you go about you know telling others about I I, I wanna say sorta of like maybe the not necessarily the dangers but the issues surrounding homosexuality. How would you address that to so let's say um let's say it's a sixteen year old girl and she's just coming out and she's saying, I believe that I'm homosexual and she wanted to talk to you and she saw your name somewhere, how would you talk what would what was the first thing you would say to her?
0: Okay, like, I I will talk to, first of all, I will tell you exactly, you know, I will explain to you this is, you know, where I've been and this is my experience. Because, first of all, I need to put myself in the position where I show you that I do understand before I just throw down the Bible down your throat, Right. you know. So I will explain to you, okay, this is what I understand this and I understand that, but this is what it also says in the Bible. You know, and then it says that to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added onto you. You know. Living that lifestyle is not putting God first. It's putting your physical desires ahead of God's will for your life. And different from someone who's just um let's say someone who's just stealing or lying, you know, a homosexual actually say, okay, God, this is is who I am. And, you know, a lot of times they're not even making an effort to change it, you know. Granted, I was in that position where I just, I mean, the Holy Spirit just convinced me so much that I had to actually, you know, turn my life around. But some people, you see a lot of people just out there doing whatever they want to do and still they show no remorse. Mm-hmm. So you know, I will I will tell you I understand, but first I mean, and then I will show you. Okay, this is what the Bible say. This is the, what the Bible say, and you know all these thing that come that come along with it, like violence. You see all the things people do to to uh, um, people living this lifestyle. You know all this foolishness. You know, and you don't want to get caught up in this. You know and pray because it says in um, James four verse seven to submit to God, resist the devil and he must flee from you. You know and I'm telling you a lot of times I get to the point and especially while, um this past this past week, I got to the point where I was ministering to a lot to a few people and even on my space profile um I have a preview of the book. And then you see people telling me, you know, you see people coming and they're asking me this and they're asking me that. And I was ministering to them and then I get to the point where the devil puts someone in right in front of me and I just found myself thinking about that person, you know, all day. I'm like, okay, I know this is the devil way of saying, okay, now you're trying to 'Cause I was trying to make you feel ashamed for what what you did and now you're trying to step step away from that veil, you know, step away from that little thing you've been hiding from, you know, just to show other people this is what God can do. So I'm actually going to get you. And I get I found myself, you know, a lot of times feeling like, Okay, God, I can't do this, I'm giving up, you know. But he just keeps telling me, every time I say, God, please take this away from me, he keeps telling me, my grace is sufficient for you, you know. I I promise you that I will never leave nor forsake you. You know, so you can do do that, you know.
1: Yes, that's so true. You know, Tamir, we hear and we see on television all the time about the sexual predators. I was -hmm. watching it on television when this particular show, they had a sting set up when they were just catching people, these men, going to have sex with a 13- and a 12-year-old kid, mm-hmm. girls and boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of times uh, when they really got to the meat of the matter, that happened to them. They were yeah. molested at some point. So, you know, it's a lifestyle that it's a stronghold that some people... They don't have the knowledge. I don't think some people have the knowledge to know how to get out of it. Everybody's right. not in the church. Everybody's not reading the Bible. So how can you bring someone in that that's not acknowledging Christ, that's not acknowledging uh, what the Word says? They're out in the world, and they just don't know, and they're doing all these things. And you know what? These people think what they're doing, they don't see a problem with it so mm-hmm. what solu- what is the solution? what do you think it is uh,
0: um it, are you talking about um um the predators or
1: just just people in general just just people that you know been that that's gone through the rape that's gone through the, the molestation, all this stuff that's going on
0: okay how can they um change? I think it's it's just um a lot of times it's just a way of coping like a lot of people don't know how to cope with things like for instance, you know, I was molested and raped when I was a child, and then as a result, um I just turned i mean trying to fill the void and trying to um turn the table on the people who actually hurt me. I actually turned to the only thing that I knew. And it was sex, you know, and at one point it was just like an addiction, you know. So it's like I didn't know how to cope with it, and that's that's what happened. So it's like a lot of times when someone goes through something, it either makes them stronger and more compassionate, and a lot of times it, it makes them bitter. Like, okay, if someone went through I mean, if I went through this, someone else has to go through it. So just because you went through something doesn't mean that you have to hurt someone else because the same way you feel like your life is messed up, the same way you feel like, okay, you know, I've been dealing with that all my life. I've been dealing with the pain that someone else put me through. You don't have to go put someone else through this. You don't have to do it.
2: Okay. Um, We didn't really talk a whole lot about this, but tell us about your book a little bit
3: well um
0: it actually- i mean the main focus is about uh, um um this homosexuality thing, but i it actually go like I didn't really know that I was going to write about it, but it actually go back from my past like from the beginning, the reader will will see that I talk about the past a lot and how it hurts me, but it was until after that's when they finally they will finally see you know this is what happened, you know going up and this is what happened. Okay. So, it's about it's much about like from the beginning, and that's why I when um the the, the letter to the readers I actually said you know in order to benefit from the book you have to keep an open mind because it's like a then and now um thing you know
3: it's right. like go, uh, right. being
0: in the world and then you know this is what how I was thinking you know and this is this and this is that and then right now it's a whole different thing. Okay. It's like you know, no matter what you're going through, it's not just about homosexuality. No matter what you're going through, you know whether you've been raped, whether you've been you know uh, um doing drugs, whether you've been you know uh, um a prostitute or whatever. God can change your life. One, you can never mess up, you know, too much for God to put His hands down the pits of hell, you know hell and bring you back to His family. Just open your heart, and then He will do. The rest. Okay.
2: And the book is called The Ultimate Choice, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now tell uh, us where where can we get the book from? If, if our listeners wanted to purchase the book, where can they get it from?
0: It's not out yet. The thing is that um, my publisher still has it, and they make some, I don't know, I think it's the devil's way of trying to keep the book, for, I mean to keep on delaying the book, because they've just made a very dumb mistake I had my name in the back of the book, and they changed it in front of the book. They put an A instead of an E. Now they have to change this, and it's going to take a while. And even inside the book, when I submitted my manuscript, um, they they did a few foolishness, you know, different from what I gave them, so they still have to fix this. So I was say in about a month.
2: Okay.
0: And it's it's going to be published by Author House. So you can go to authorhouse.com. And then you, they will keep you updated. It's okay. the ultimate choice. Okay. Wow. wow. Right. And what if someone
2: wanted to get in touch with you, maybe for like speaking engagements or, you know, just to uh, converse with you? You know, well, you give them like maybe your MySpace page information. Yeah, it's so
0: it's MySpace um, dot com slash um, Chocolate Delight for you. Um, number four in you, just plain you. Okay. So I don't know if you can put it on your website. So if someone want to get in touch with me, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Yeah,
1: here, it's been an awesome show. A lot of people wouldn't want to talk about it or face or or try to even come on the show to deal with a lot of the the answers, the questions that we've asked so far. You stood up to them and you told us openly. You were bold. I applaud you again. I applaud applaud you for being open. And you know that's the thing. The things that we go through, they're not about us. They happen because it is designed to help someone else. That's it. That's it? That's it. So let your light shine. I stole that from Brian.
2: <laughs> <And> he, <laughs>
1: he did, a, He did we, in his speech yesterday, he used a pen with a light, and, and he told the children in there to let their light shine. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Because of your light shining, strongholds are being broken. Somebody Mm -hmm. somewhere is listening. Somebody will listen to this show this week, and they will make a connection with the the things that you've gone through. And what you're saying is not something that you just want to say because you think you know. No, you're saying it because you lived it. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I'm just so thankful for you. Uh, Brian, did you have any other things for Samir?
2: I'm good, I'm good. Tamar, we appreciate you coming on the show. We thank you. May God bless you because you are definitely giving us a blessing with what you shared with us tonight.
0: Thank you for having me. And one last thing to the listeners. I know that a lot of times it's hard to do the right thing when it's not comfortable with your flesh and body. I mean, your flesh. But at the same time, remember that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.
1: Yeah. With that, we'll see you Wednesday. Thank you, Tamir.
0: Have a wonderful
1: night.